pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Good morning, fellow Americans. It's sure is good to wake up in the only country in the world where we can breathe the fresh air of liberty, isn't it? Today we got our guest host, Joe O'Neill, retired Navy senior chief. It's just old veteran scuttlebutt today. So why don't you let us know what you think about our conversation and drop us an email at podcast at theconstitutioncommandos.org. I'm your host, Chris Williams. My brother, Patrick Williams, is co-host and we're the Constitution Commandos. Ronald Reagan told a story one time about these three dogs in an alleyway. One was an American dog, one was a German dog, one was a Russian dog. And they were scrounging around trying to find food. And the American dog finally said, man, I wish I was at home right now. All I'd have to do is bark and I could eat. And the German dog said, what's eat? And the Russian dog said, what's bark? <laughs> you know? <laughs> and, 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 you know, it sounds funny, but in, in reality, I mean, we have been spoiled. I mean, in America, we just about snap our fingers to get what we want, right? I mean, compared to other countries. And even some of the other countries that are the better countries, they don't have what we have. And I think, you know, back to the, the, the military thing, I think if you're a male child graduating high school and you haven't already enrolled in college, your next step is boot camp. Right. I think every male in this country, yeah. period, ought to serve. And I'm not, you know, I don't think that's a harsh thing to say. Look, when I left boot camp, no. I was like, man, everybody needs to do this. And it, was right. it easy? No. No. Was it fun? Not all the time. But the bottom line is what I was getting in boot camp, I realized was stuff I should have learned when I was growing up. For whatever reason, I didn't. Most of it was conscious decision. I didn't trust right. my parents enough to listen to them. So I did. Now, when I got to boot camp, I was like, man, this changes everything, right? Yeah. I think everybody ought to get this. I mean, I'm looking at it like this is the biggest Christmas present I ever got. Everybody needs this. But I think, if nothing else, all males should be required. It should be a requirement, but this is America. We don't have to have requirements like that. However, what I'm seeing in America today and what we dealt with in the military, I mean, we dealt with bureaucracy and red tape, right? right. But what I see out here in America what we used to call civilian pukes. And when I got my first job out of the military, I took this job at Office Depot because the general manager was a retired Army guy. Two assistant managers were retired Navy. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to be right at home here. And I didn't talk to a couple of customers before I was ready to string somebody up. I mean, and I'm thinking, what the hell's wrong with me? I, what, I never went to combat. I never went overseas. I mean, why am I acting like this, right? And, you know, when Patrick came home, it was, I mean, he was still high, strong, and he's hard to talk to when he first got right. out of the army. But uh, I still had, I still had rotated <laughs> back, and I've been 21 years out. Yeah, but, but the thing is, it's like, even then, when first getting out, and I'm seeing the way these civilians act, I'm like, y'all are some nasty motherfuckers. Right. So I think that all males should go in, males especially. But, well, I think it ought to be mandatory male, but you know. I think it should too, but at least yeah. if we mandate the males to go in, the rest of society will start to come back to what it was, or, or at least some level of appreciation. I mean, look, when, we get, when we're talking college-level kids being taught to hate America, something's wrong with that. But see, Patrick, you talked about what go, you know, the, the deterioration of the American spirit. Okay. Yeah. Once you go, in, once you go into the military, 
you know, I think this is something that could be used to revitalize the American spirit because you're going to come out and you're going to be loud and proud, you know. Oh, yeah. To be American. And it's got to, you know, all my, you know, all my, my, all my family and stuff was all ex-military. I knew what I was going to do. I was already had the American spirit, but it just multiplied it by a million, you know. Right. Well, I think going to the military gives you that appreciation for where you live and it gives you a a better understanding for sure about what needs to be done or how to go about it, you know. What's that flag for? You know, what does it really stand for? You well, know? that's that's what I ask people all the time because I, I, you know, I think people just look at that flag sometimes and see red, white, and blue, and I'm like, do you even know that flag actually has a meaning? Is it they didn't just, you know, tie 13 stripes together and put 50 stars on a blue field? There's a reason that flag was designed that way, and most people do not know what it's for. As a matter of fact, to be honest, I didn't know till I got to boot camp. I didn't know all those years sitting, you know, well. Like I sat with granddaddy a lot. I didn't, but when I would sit with granddaddy to watch a football game and a national anthem would come on, I never understood why he cried over the national anthem. It was just the national anthem was what I was thinking. But after being in the military, knowing what that flag represents, knowing more about what this country went through to become what it is, I know now why he cried at the national anthem. And now you want to kneel in the national anthem? Yeah, but he lost a lot of brothers under that flag, too. He did. That's what right. I'm saying. I didn't understand it. Of course, you remember. Yeah, I don't. I don't know how many times you asked Granddaddy about what what the army was like. I didn't ask him about the war. I just want to know about what the army was like. He never answered that question until one day we were about to watch a football game. I thought he was going to the bathroom. He went up in the attic and came back with a box. He sat down on the floor. He said, "Boy, you want to know about the army? It's in that box." And I was like, "What? I didn't know it was in the box." But when I opened the top of that box, I saw the shadow box where I think it was a bronze star, two purple hearts or something else. I saw the purple hearts and I said, oh, shit. Now I know. Yeah, I mean, I didn't know anything. I just knew why he didn't talk about it. Because talking about the army meant he had to talk about the war. And when I saw the two purple hearts, I was like, oh, wow. You know, in World War II, they was losing 2,000 men a day. Yeah. Yep. You had a lot of gold star families, you know, and... uh. And my grandfather talked about World War II uh, reluctantly. He was a Marine, you know, and he was in the in, in the in the Pacific, man. You know, Water Canal, uh, Iwo Jima, and uh, he passed that knowledge down when he felt like I was old enough to start to understand about what he did. But he talked more about the friends that he left, brothers that died with him, you know. And nobody had to tell us to stand up when I was growing up. At a football game when they started playing the national anthem, you got up. You put. Oh your, no! You no. Your if you didn't back then, you probably got ousted. <laughs> yeah, you know, you took your hat off, you stood up, and you put your hand over your heart. You know? I mean, how many times have we been to a race even where people they start to play or they start the invocation? People would still be, "Hey, hey, shut up, man! They're doing the invocation." You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't care yeah. who you were. I didn't care how fat you but Get your ass up! They're doing the invocation. <laughs> you know, it's like. Yeah, you know, you got these some bitches now that want, you know, get down on the ground, bow and stuff, and take a knee. They want it, you know. Fuck you, man. Somebody down the line didn't teach you what the values of being American is. You ought to be proud to stand up. I've been in a lot of places around the world, and wherever you go, you go to a FOB someplace, you know, a forward operating base, and you see that flag flying. By God, it makes you feel proud. And you know, I mean, you just feel like, 
Okay. I, well, not just I'm a part of something, but I'm a part of something great. Right. That flag is flying. Mm -hmm. You know, let you know the Americans are here. And around the world up until two and a half years ago, especially, when other countries saw that flag, they snapped their tents and they get straight real quick. I don't care what they were fucking up before we got there, but when we show up, that shit ain't happening. They looked at it with respect. That's right. And when Donald Trump was in office, and I don't give a damn what anybody says about Donald Trump at this point, but they get mad, say, or they try to say Donald Trump and and uh, what, uh, Putin, oh, they're best friends. Trump must be communist. No, Trump understood one thing. Didn't they teach us this in martial arts? You got to respect your opponent. You don't have to like him yeah. right. to respect him. You know, of course, you know, I, my, I, our dad and our grandfather, I mean, they told us, never underestimate your opponent. That's you right. never underestimate them. You don't know what they know. You don't know what they might be able to do. You don't know where they are in their head right now. So Donald Trump understood this, and he knew it very well, and he let Putin know what his terms were. Putin let him know what his terms were. And that develops solid and I'm going to say hardcore relationships because now there's a, an element of trust. Mutual. Mutual trust. And even with the Chinese leader, there wasn't a mutual level of trust there, but that Chinese leader over there was pretty much scared to shit in the morning because he didn't know if Trump was going to blow his toilet up. But at the same time, there was a mutual respect there. Right. And yeah. Well, um, well, another part is another basic fact. You're a world leader. They're world leaders. That's they're right. they're going to be there long after you're gone. We have four year terms. Yep. And uh, there there's nothing you can do about their presence. So you've got to deal with them. You might as well do the best you can to. I wouldn't say the best you can. I say you better do what's right. <laughs> you know, because well, I mean... it's I'm I'm saying to one prevent conflict. Two. You need to be able to identify common goals and work together towards those common goals. Even if it no, means staying away from each other. Well, yeah, but no two people in any relationship. I don't care if you're neighbors or teammates or whatever, squad members. I, I don't care. You're not going to get along in everything. So to avoid conflict, you have got to state common goals and work to, to achieve those goals. Mm -hmm. establish some type of a relationship and i don't and see but see that kind of goes along with the you know the environment of our country today people that don't like trump because of his tweets they totally put the blinders on about his policies his policies were good mm -hmm. but because they didn't like his tweets they hate him it doesn't right. matter about nothing and and you can't go through life like that and I think that was one of the things that Trump did that the deep state really hated about him was because everybody in the deep state, one, wasn't approaching our enemies or our world adversaries like Trump did and try to work to a common goal to maintain peace. The deep state has been known by these other leaders to know that our leaders before Trump and after Trump they have something up their sleeve. They're conniving. They're not being honest and up forthright. They're tr they got something else in mind. That's and they yeah. know automatically we're adversaries. So what they have in mind is not good for us. Mm -hmm. You know, Trump, I mean, you got to extend that olive branch. Yeah. Well, yeah, and that's true. And so the other thing about Trump was, 
I think this is what originally got a lot of world leaders really skittish about Trump because they'd never dealt with somebody and said, look, this is just the way it's going to be. And once he made his mind up, that was it. And like you were saying, Patrick, with these other leaders that we've had, they know they, they've got an ulterior motive, and that gives every world leader, well, okay, well, let's see what they do here. Let's push this button right here because he's not being straight up, right? I mean, no. China's been doing it now for the last year, sending their battleships and cruisers right in front of our aircraft carriers and do, doing donuts in the ocean just to see if they can get a rise out of us. Yeah. How about flying spy balloons all the way across country? They're, that's what they do. I mean, they're going to check you as a world leader. You're going to be checked all the time. With Donald Trump, I think they were a little nervous about checking him because they didn't know. A lot of world leaders just didn't know what Trump was going to be about as a president. They knew him as a contractor or as a businessman. And really, I, I think that was probably one of the best things I saw it once he got elected because I didn't know how he's going to be with Israel. And that's always my top concern. Right. How are, what are our relations going to be with Israel with this president? When I heard Benjamin Netanyahu say, oh, I think it's great that he became president. We're great friends. And I was like, <laughs> you know what I mean? But these other world leaders didn't know Donald Trump. You know, how is he going to be as a president? I mean, that's the most powerful man in the world, they say. But they didn't know. He's not a politician. So that kind of kept them, I put them on their heels, really, I think. But well, kept she on his heels when he sent 26 fucking missiles into fucking <laughs> Syria right. while yeah. they were eating dinner. Well, what about the, uh, was it the uh, Taliban leader that he, Donald Trump told him, he said, you touch one hair on my soldier's head, and I know you've been fighting all your life, but I will rain hell down on your doorstep like you can't imagine. He said, really? And then in an interview, I heard him say, well, did, is it true, Mr. Trump, that you sent him the grid coordinates of his house? He said, no, I sent him a picture of his house. <laughs> 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 I mean, he learned real quick Donald Trump wasn't playing, you know, and but then you get somebody like Joe Bagadix Biden over there at a G20 summit, and you got a French emissary standing over him, screaming and pointing his head, and Biden cowering down. No, he's the son of a bitch that needs to go ride a bicycle with no damn shoes and shorts. Forget right. the helmet. You know, I mean, just. Yeah, and you know, Biden, he's trying to undermine the, the military. I lost count on how many change of command. Oh, it's hundreds of them. I mean, they're relieving. They're, I mean, just not the Navy, Army, Air Force. Uh, Marine Corps, yep. you know, and these people you see that's taking their place. If you just do a little bit, and I know there's not supposed to be no, you know, we're not supposed to be political in the military, but everybody's got an agenda. And you can see mm -hmm. if you start digging just a little bit, because I was talking oh, to yeah. Chris, I, I said, you see all these people that's being, you know, relieved of duty? Yeah, I was asking Patrick about that. After you showed I said, damn, man, I ain't never seen nothing like this. You know? Yeah, military-wide, and, and we're talking hundreds and hundreds of people at all command levels just being removed for whatever reason. Worldwide. Yep. Reduced to nothing. And and you, you said most of the people that got put in their place, even even in the place in the position where there needs to be some kind of you know war training involved, and these people are coming out of supply. I mean, <laughs> what yeah. the hell? Well, one of the I, I can speak for the army. I don't know about the navy, but I mean, you know, coming out of war during World War II, I think there was four four-star generals yeah, we'll in the entire that, army, and uh, now we have like I don't even remember, man. It's, it's well, what do you tell you about the navy? It's supposed to be four four-star admirals in the navy, and yeah. I think it's like three hundred and seventy-one. You said now four ten the other day. 
Yeah, it's 400 and something general. Why do you need that? Four stars? I mean, why do you need that many? They're probably tuned up, but either way, it's still considered a staff officer. So, yeah. uh, But I think think there was only in World War II, there was only what, 12 four star generals? No, four. Huh? Yeah. Four. Yeah, it was only four. That that was the Army. I don't know what the other branches had. Yeah. But still, yeah, but. And that's not counting the. a, a joint uh joint chiefs of staff right yeah well you know for, I, mean, I don't know why we need that I mean it's probably the same answer is why do we need all of these uh places like the nsa cia fbi i mean well they're violating their own law that they created on sure. that on that you know it's set but we and, don't need them. dhs dhs needs well they need to also absolve the patriot act Completely get rid of it. Exactly. And everything that was created with the induction of the Patriot Act needs to be eradicated. TSA, DHS, all of this shit needs to be gone. I mean, you can look at the success rate of both of those agencies alone, and they're both abysmal. I can't tell you how many passengers aboarded commercial aircraft with loaded pistols, and they made it. They weren't detected until they got off of the plane. So you don't want somebody on the aircraft with a gun that y'all didn't catch it. They caught it when they were leaving the aircraft. And then you want to talk about DHS. How many people, I mean, well, the number is unknown, but they already, well, I'm sure they're underreporting that number also, known terrorists that have come across the southern border, and DHS has done nothing. So those are evident uh, examples right there that their usefulness has been used up. They have no no reason to exist. I don't think they had a reason to exist to begin with. I mean, along with the Patriot Act, I don't think that ever should have been signed into law. Mainly because of what the Patriot Act takes away from the American people. And I don't give a damn what they say about this is for your protection. Fuck you and mm-hmm. my protection. I'll protect myself. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I got friends and family. We will stand on our own if we got to yeah. be like that. I mean, yeah. You know, George Washington and Thomas Jefferson, James Madison, all these people you youngsters probably never even heard of. They put together something called the Constitution of the United States, which didn't get signed until 1789. I mean, signed, ratified. It had to be 100 percent approved to be ratified. And the holdout states wouldn't sign it until there were certain amendments put in place to secure what was in the Constitution. One of those being the Second Amendment. And that Second Amendment is not there just so you can own a bunch of guns. The Second Amendment is in place because if this country ever had to go to war, the government would call on the people to band together to go fight, bring all the weapons you got. And anybody who wants to challenge that, come and see a few rednecks. Yeah. Well, that also prevented the Emperor of Japan in World War II from invading America. That's right. Because he wanted to, he was trying to give the order to his head general and his general said, Hell no, they all no. got guns. <laughs> There's yeah. a gun behind every blade of grass. You, you want to anger the sleeping giant. Right. And that's why they didn't invade. Right. Well, Japan found out, didn't they? Yeah. And yeah. They, they didn't have to invade. <laughs> well, I mean, well, you I mean, got to hand it to Japan, though. They did pick a hell of a target. They just had. We persuaded real, them. They had some bad, bad bombs. But, I mean,. <laughs> <laughs> I mean but even, you know, when, when we ended up going to war against them, I forget that the Japanese general, they said, oh, my God, we have awakened a sleeping giant, and he's pissed. <laughs> I mean, you yeah. know. 
Yeah, I think it was actually Admiral Yamamoto. I think that's right. Yeah, yeah. Yamamoto. Yamamoto. Yeah. But you know, now every country is looking at us like I mean, not not just our enemies either. I mean, our allies. I said this, Patrick, after we pulled out of Afghanistan. If any of our allies remain our allies after this, they're crazy. Oh, they're running from us like you can't even believe right now. They're I can't believe I mean, they ain't running faster, to be honest, because well, I, they're, I mean, they're trying to form there. There's so many nations that are already in the BRICS and they're trying to come up with their gold back currency. They, they're being slow and methodical. And when they do it, the dollar is gone. And it's not going to be that they just quit using the dollar. Or they start using a gold back currency. What's going to happen is. All of those nations that are joining BRICS, they all hold American treasury bonds, every one of them. Mm -hmm. And once they all agree and they have a large enough charter for the BRICS, then what they're going to do is they're going to start dumping their treasury bonds. We're going to have hyperinflation and it's going to collapse our economy right there overnight. Now, now when you say dumping, just for the pure, simple clarity of it all. They're just gonna throw this shit in the garbage can. They're not gonna circulate it back through the uh, through the economic system. They're just gonna trash it. Well, yeah. Well, it, the the process would be them trying to cash them in, but yeah, there won't be anything to give them money for. Right. So yeah, ultimately it will be in the garbage. But that will destroy our economy right there. Right. Our dollar will be garbage from that moment on. Yeah, that's yeah, like the yeah. the Dutch part was like that after World War Two. You know. Right. Uh, yeah. They, people was taking it take like two wheelbarrows just to get a loaf of bread. People was actually using it to wipe their ass with. That's how valuable it was. Nothing, you yeah. know. Yeah. Yep. And, and that's when that happens, is. when that happens, you better start praying, praying for manna because there ain't gonna be enough garbage in the dumpsters to eat out of. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, I'm gonna be doing. I'm gonna be finding me a place deep in the darkest pine and oak woods I can find. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to go tactical again. Thickly <laughs> Yeah. Like I said, I've been, I've been building up my equipment for a while, man. I'm, I can go out there and saw some trees down and I can make me a freaking house that nobody will ever see. That's right. Bushcraft 101. <laughs> and, and my house will withstand a direct hit from a grenade. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 Patrick was telling me he went and ate lunch with one of his uh, airborne buddies several months back. And they were talking about all this. And Patrick asked me, he said, Man, are you stocking up on gold? Are you get ready? He said, No, I'm stocking up on lead. <laughs> yeah, that's me too, man. Yeah, you, everybody lead. else get gold and silver, but my lead wins. <laughs> 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 don't look like you walking around with a pocket full of gold. <laughs> well, if somebody does, they need to uh, keep it to themselves. Well, yeah, you might get confused for somebody that had money. Right. It's the domestic terrorists here in America. These, these uh, men and women in Congress, you know, yeah, you remember your oath of enlistment, you know. Right. We took it to defend against all foreign and domestic. That's right, and that's yeah. been my complaint for a long time. Why are we allowing? Yep. This shit and you to swore happen? that oath to the constant. Yeah, and I'm pissed off about it, 
and I think you guys are too. And I hope a bunch of Americans will hear this and get pissed off because they don't give a fuck about the Constitution. That's right. If you take a picture with American flag, you're a terrorist. No, you're the one that's a terrorist. If you got a screen that I'm a terrorist for supporting that flag, right? It's automatic. You're a terrorist. Because what, you, huh? Uh, go ahead, Chris. I, I must have hit a weak spot. I didn't know you were talking. Go ahead. Well, I, I mean, all I'm saying is this. this and, I, and I got this from Tucker Carlson when he went to Hungary not long ago. And um, it was, I don't know if they call him president or prime minister in Hungary or whatever. And, and the guy's real cool, but he, he was telling Tucker, he said, you know, I, I wasn't really famous until I went on your show. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, but, you know, he asked, yeah, but he asked Tucker what advice he would give to his younger people, the younger generations in school and stuff. And Tucker told him, I said, well, look, I really wasn't that good a student. He said, but if I had to give any advice and just doing the job that I've done for so long, he said, anytime someone wants to say something, and they get censored. I want to know what they're saying because they're probably telling the Damn. truth. I think we talked about this in one of our very first podcasts, Patrick. When I was saying, how, how do we, how do we talk to these people because they're just believing so much bullshit, right? And I yeah. think Tucker's answer was dead on. If somebody's being silenced, don't just join on the bandwagon and silence them. Find out what that person's trying to say because that probably is the truth. And all these people that are being knocked off of social media, I mean, I'm about half tempted to just start locating them, find out why they got cut off. And I'm not interested in why you got cut off so I can oust you. I want to know why you got cut off because you probably got something to say. Right. Yeah. You know, these dumbasses that are censoring people, they don't understand the one simple thing about human nature that, that is absolutely biblical is something that King Solomon wrote in the Proverbs everybody's story sounds good until his opponent takes a stand. I want to know what his opponent says, you know? Yeah. You know, you can get something. You can get something good from anybody, everybody. I, I say a lot. I learned more from my two younger kids. I didn't know my oldest daughter, unfortunately. But uh, my two younger ones, I learned more from them before they were able to talk than I did from my parents in 16 years I lived at home. And that was simply because I think I was just paying attention to them. Anybody that's being shut up or being pushed back in a corner or somebody just, you know, taking them off of some social media network, they probably got something to say. Right. And they're probably saying the right things, and that's why they are being cut off. The bandwagon bullshit needs to stop. And I don't know how to convince a bunch of American civilian pukes that they need to stop this shit and make them dance like Michael Jackson. Okay, someone's got to get their attention. Yeah. Because well, it, it, we're not going to be able to say anything to them, Chris. What's going to get their attention? The only way it's going to be able to reach them to get through their skull is when they become the target. And if they would study some old history, they would understand that the useful idiot was the next target. You know, they were some of the first ones. Once the objective was initially, the primary objective was achieved, then the useful idiots were taken out. Now, yeah, that that's going to be the only thing. Huh? Yeah, go ahead. That's going to be the only thing that's going to reach them. Uh, I think that these apathetic dumbasses that are in the country now that refuse to look at factual evidence and utilize critical thinking, I believe they'll probably still be happy eating out of the dumpster or killing their dog for food, or they'll probably still be happy doing that. 
But when they become, when yeah, they are in the crosshairs, straight Republican. Yeah, and you and me or Joe or anybody is going to break through to them. We're not going to be able to get them to understand or to see reality. It's going to take the absolute worst coming at them. Well, that concludes our show for today, and we thank you for being here with us. If you like today's show, rate it and review us on podchaser.com. It only takes a moment, and it will help us tremendously. Subscribe to get our weekly emails and your personal copy of the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution of the United States of America. Until next time, and on behalf of my brother and myself, we're the Constitution Commandos, signing off.